welcome to Pain Matters. This is another episode with Lorimer Mosley, and today he has got a visitor. It's uh, Dr. Sarah Warwick, and he will uh, introduce her uh, in a minute or in a second, actually. So um, I hope you will enjoy these conversations. Uh, I heard it's going to be about the validation and in the way you um, probably uh, will learn a bit about this uh, topic. So, so enjoy it and um, take an easy seat and um, uh, catch you later. All right, Lars. Um, hit it. <laughs> Thanks, Bart. Thanks for the intro. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lars. Welcome. Uh, so, Sarah, I'm meant to introduce you. Uh, I'll, I guess I can introduce you as a research fellow here at the University of South Australia. Uh, but we started our relationship when you were an honor student. Is that right? Yes, back in 2009. No. Okay, so what was the title of your honors thesis? Uh, left, right, neck rotation judgments. Normative responses in left, right, neck rotation judgments. Excellent. What was the title of your PhD thesis? Exploring in a space. So I explore something about defensive <laughs> reflexes. I can't remember the exact really title. clear that one's PhD title really, really is embedded into everyone's <laughs> mind, isn't it? So you have since then though you've uh, you worked in Canberra with some uh, sport-minded people, and yep. but I'm most excited about where you've been going the last three years or so, two or three years. Uh, and broadly, for those listening, you you really have been inspired, I guess, by the, your own kids and watching your own kids deal with pain and not yeah. deal with pain. What you're doing an injury and other kids in the school playground, which got you really interested in how do we how do we talk to kids about everyday pain? So you could talk a lot about that, but today I want to learn more. Uh, about validation because that's a thing for you isn't it's a it? big thing yep and before we start is is it worth uh dipping the lid just acknowledging some of the people who have helped you in that journey because I know there's been some important people yeah absolutely so I think discussions with Mel Knoll oh. um at the University of Calgary um, and also Chad Schenk, who's, um, he has a lot of work um, in trauma, developmental psychology, um, and validation is a big part of um, what they do in okay. dialectical behaviour therapy. Okay. So, I mean, validation is a big deal in pain now. Uh, a lot of people mention it, say, oh, you know, validation is the key. What is it? Yeah, so validation is really about... I guess, demonstrating to another person that their experiences, whether that's their beliefs, emotions, history, memories, and their behaviours are real, they're understood, they're, and they're accepted um, for that person in their context. Mm -hmm. And Chad and Mel in particular, uh, when I've heard them speak about it, they, they talk about the the powerful um, resilience effect of uh, potential resilience effect of validation, particularly in kids. Yeah. 
what's your understanding of that? Like, I will go into pain a bit more in a moment, but more generally, can you summarise uh, what makes them so excited in this context? Within the validation? Yeah. I think a big part of what they're really, and Mel probably in particular, is I guess the social context um, in which it happens. So um, I guess validation will help to build relationships. Um, it's helping people feel like what their experiences are, are real for that person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of, I'm trying to, I feel like I'm really explaining it very well. well they I, would explain it much more clearly. Yeah, sure. Than it's, not, but... it's not that fair, is it, to say what would Mel or Chad say? But I guess what I've really enjoyed learning from you is the, it's all this conversation there around using validation for things like you've mentioned, building relationships, blah, 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 not to blah, blah in a bad <laughs> yeah. way, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. But what I've really enjoyed learning from you is, is A, that we speak about this in the pain world, but we're not really, we're not really going hard on, on exploring potential role of validation in the pain space, to my knowledge. Uh, and you've put a lot of thought into this. So if we were to, uh, if we knew how to validate, do you think we do know how to validate? I think there are some misconceptions around what validation is. I think one of the classic things that people talk about with validation and this is broadly, even within like the parenting sphere, is this concept of I believe you. Right. And people often Is that say, not validation? Uh, well, it can be, but right. it depends on the context. And I remember having this great discussion with Chad about this. And he, one of the examples he provided was that if a child says to you, I hate you, you're the most horrible parent in the world, blah, blah, blah. And you then say, I believe you that in and of itself can be invalidating because they they're in they're they might just be in a a mood where they're just over the top and by you saying that you believe that they hate you they know that you don't hate them yeah. so that's expressing to them that you actually you don't understand what they're saying right um so in this context a better phrase would be i hear you okay so i i hear what you're saying right now would be because okay. that's not suggesting that you're believing them, but that you're you're acknowledging what they're saying to you. So in the pain space, does the clinician working with someone in pain, regardless of whether they're a kid or not, need to need to consider the accuracy of what some a patient is saying in in order to select how they validate what they're saying? So, I don't feel like I've asked that question well, but do you get it? I think so. So when you val if you validate someone, you don't have to believe them. Uh -huh. You can think the opposite, but it's expressing to that person that given their context, their history, their beliefs, what has happened to them, you can believe or you can understand why they might have come to that or why that might be the case for them. So we I'm gonna change tack. So in in painful for a long time since uh, I think uh, Mick O'Sullivan made it big anyway, the catastrophizing, the idea of catastrophizing. 
Uh, and uh, I think here Crombez has argued that actually it's probably more like worry, but people are worried about their pain and they might say things like, oh, I feel like I've got a knife stabbing into my back. How do we validate that when clearly they don't? So what might one say? You could acknowledge that that experience is obviously very painful for them and what they're going through. But it can, depending on, so validation is very much a dyadic thing. So it depends on. What does dyadic mean? So it's a conversation type thing. So it's you give and take in that interaction. And so often there's a lot of background to that context as well. So there could be the behaviours that they're expressing. So you can you can kind of you can validate someone based on a verbal expression but often there's going to be a lot more to that story there's going to be the history that they've also given you that they've experienced whether that's seeing multiple healthcare practitioners there's going to be how you saw them come into the room and see you whether that was they were protective or they're looking a little bit anxious or whatever that might be and so i guess the validation can yes it can acknowledge that sentence that they've just expressed mm -hmm. to you, but it, it's also about the bigger picture about why they've come to see you, the context behind that, what their experience might've been like. So yes, you can validate that it might feel like there's got a knife stabbing in their back, but I think you can go beyond that as well to be really validating. Can you over-validate? Yes. Tell me about that. What does that look like? So over-validating would be going above and beyond what that person might have expressed to you. So an example could be that someone's walked in and they're looking a bit uncertain and you go, oh, my goodness, I can see that you are really yeah, right. <laughs> uncomfortable and that person can then be, a, be a taken aback or that could be one example or another example could be if, you get, um, you know, often groups can be helpful for people with pain. They get to talk to each other, um, have their own, you know, share their experiences, um, and that can be quite validating. But equally, that experience can go above and beyond and be invalidating to the point where it's not helpful for them anymore because they're, I guess, sort of wallowing in their sorrows together, whereas they're not actually moving forward and helping each other. So okay. it becomes more of a sounding board of self-pity rather than, you know, I understand, yeah. you know, these experiences, we're sharing similar experiences. This is something that helped me, you know, we could try this or being helpful in that yeah, right. group. So yeah, let's revert to your the thing that is more interesting for you, I think, and that is how do we how do we validate children having everyday pain experiences? And something you just said then, I was about to ask you, so what if what if your child falls over and grazes their knee? Uh, and it sounded like, and what I was expecting you to say was, well, you could validate like this, but it sounds like you're also suggesting that there's an opportunity to stick on the end of that, some sort of optimal behavioural response or something like that. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's um, a part of, sort of line inspired social model, um, which is what a lot of this validation work is based off. And that's, you can validate the experience, but then it's also really important to pair that with validation of a behavior that leads to a 
overall a validating thing, right? Because that person wants to get better. That's that's their overall goal. Um, so an example of that could be a child having wanting to stay home from school with a headache, right. and you know you could validate that experience that they've got a really sore head and that they're just not feeling like they're wanting to go to school. So you can validate that and say, look, you know, I understand you don't want to go to school right now. I know your head's hurting a lot. And then you can try and turn that around and say, but, you know, there are, we, you know, you've engaged with these strategies in the past. And I think, you know, maybe we could take a couple of steps and try and move towards going to school because the bigger picture for them is to actually get an education and go to school and be successful but if you just validate the experience without helping them move forward in that behavior, they're just going to stay home from school. So you're not, that's not helping their overall goals. Could validation assist, uh, assist validation in, in childhood, assist people to have healthy relationships with healthcare providers? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Because I think if, if a person goes to see a healthcare provider and that person expresses to them that they understand that you know they get it they they understand what they're going through and how challenging that might have been that's going to help to build rapport between the patient and mm -hmm. the healthcare practitioner and then that patient's going to be more likely to to share things with the healthcare practitioner um, and so it's a two-way a two-way thing it will build trust um, and rapport and ultimately help um, for the practitioner help to have I guess more adherence to any management strategies that they're going to be suggesting because there's that relationship is a lot stronger yeah right um do you think that uh in the in the course of say we're both physiotherapists in the course of becoming a physiotherapist you were taught about validation Unfortunately, no. Yeah, I don't reckon I was either, but no. you became one a lot later than I did. Yeah. Um, if if there were, I don't know if you can say this, but if, if there are just three or four principles of effective validation, is that a, could you think of them on the spot? What would, what would they be um, if you could? I guess being responsive to the cues. In, instead of being nothing or instead of preempting them um definitely not preempting them but i guess being on the lookout for people i guess expressing something that i guess might be a bit of a vulnerability yeah okay so yeah, that's interesting i'll come back to the principles but um you talked before about uh you know implied a proportionality that you know if someone is a little bit vulnerable with you and says, uh, I'm, I've just got a horrible gut ache, abdominal pain. And you went nuts on validating all this stuff. So it's not proportional. Uh, do it, what I'm hearing is that that may, that may actually undermine the relationship, maybe they're with the healthcare provider because they're clearly the, the person in pain feels like, well, I haven't communicated all of that. So I guess that's over validation. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And responsive. So you're identifying it and you're matching the vulnerability, if, if you like, with validation. Okay. Yeah. And also being aware that there are lots of things that you can validate. It's not about just 
what they've said, but it can be something that they've done. So it could be, well, like I'm, you know, I can understand why it might have been hard for you to come in today, considering all that you've been through. And I really applaud you coming in and and coming in to see me today. So that's a behaviour. Yeah, right. And purely by addressing what they've come in and done, you know, it makes them go, oh, yeah, actually it is. Yeah. It was hard to come in and thanks for acknowledging that. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, anything else? Well, that was, I think we were on two. Any more basic principles of the the corner shop healthcare provider wants to become a better validator? I think pairing it with a behaviour that okay. leads to optimal outcomes. Okay. I think that's also really important. So we could have responsive, proportional, and paired with... But maybe I can review these with a bit more time. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. Yeah, uh, for anyone listening, if there is anyone listening, I'm sure there there will be. Um, Sarah got no warning of what I was going to ask her. None at all. Um, uh, before we go, I want to know whether there's any evidence that validation uh, has a, an immediate physiological effect. So validation should lead to a reduction in distress and arousal. Um, so an example could be, uh, and I see this in my kids as well, if, yeah, we, I guess with younger kids, if you validate them, then they will be a bit calmer. But if you say something that's slightly invalidating, just you'll see them kind of start to blow up a little bit and they're right. kind of having to justify why it is yeah, right. that they're feeling like that. Um, so I think that's something that you can tell straight away, often in the moment. Yeah. Um, because you can also validate not in the moment, but certainly in the moment, I would say, yeah, you'd see that reduction in distress. Do we do we know that? Like, has someone put a heart rate monitor on someone or taken a cortisol? Or I don't know, that, uh, but that would let's be ask, cool to test. Yeah, let's yeah, let's well, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, it makes sense to me then that if someone is in a big a big flare of pain. And validation can reduce, say, sympathetic response. Then validation might be a in-the-moment analgesic strategy, I guess, and and probably really, really proficient emergency department health professionals probably do this all the time anyway. Um, one thing that I've noticed with uh, within the sort of physical medicine, physical physiotherapy space is the tendency to validate the wrong thing. What I think is the wrong thing. Um, you know, for example, we might say things like, oh, that's the, that's the messiest knee I've ever seen. And that might be put forward as a validation of pain, but actually it's, it's, you know, in a way, it, if, if it is validating an inaccurate model of what's, happen we're going to have the the wrong effect right and yeah. I, I think my experience with physios and and doctors find it so hard to to get that distinction i guess it's the distinction between pathology and pain as well yeah it's validating the injury rather than the experience yeah 
have you got an experiment or study lined up that you want to do to push this validation thing forward? Very much putting on the spot here. And if you're, you know, you don't have to, we can always edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think there is so much that can be done, whether it's looking, I guess I'm quite interested in young kids mm -hmm. and the role of validation. And uh, I guess because we know there's understanding that when you validate someone, it reduces their arousal and distress, but it also helps them learn with young children how to regulate their emotions. So they become more aware of, I guess, what it is that they're experiencing because they have the space and capacity to do that because they're not mm -hmm. in a lot of distress. Mm -hmm. So there is evidence that that can help to in longer term to regulate their emotions, which is also linked with better mental health outcomes and yeah. so on and so forth. So I think that's really, I'm quite interested in, in that. Mm. But then there's also, you know, I think even... In, in the pain literature, there's not a lot of empirical, there is some, but there's not a lot of empirical evidence um, around the role of validation. Um, but, you know, speaking to people with lived experience of chronic pain, often their turning point is when they have a healthcare practitioner who expresses to them, like, I un I can see what yeah. you're, you've gone through and I'm so sorry you've had this experience. You know, that has often been a turning point for people that they just got that relationship with someone they feel heard. Um, whereas we know a lot of people feel the opposite. They feel yeah. that. And I don't think it's, it's an intentional thing by the healthcare practitioner. I think it's, it's that somewhere in that messaging of communication interaction, the message has somehow got across to the patient that they don't feel like they're understood. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal, isn't it? We see that coming through in, in all of the qualitative work around pain education. When we ask patients, what was it, what was it like? Um, being validated or invalidated is always somewhere near the top. Yeah. Uh, and I think in education, we, we can do it way better. And I do wonder whether, you know, that optimal behavioural strategy coupling thing, I do wonder whether in education there is an opportunity to promote education and more learning because of, of, of validating what it is they're, they're experiencing and have experienced. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. And I think sometimes when the pain education doesn't go so well, it could be in part because there has been invalidation in that process and you know, you hear patients coming out saying, oh, I thought it was all in my head. Well, that means they've been invalidated. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they, that in that messaging, it hasn't come across in a good way for them. Yeah. And that's probably the, I mean, as a pain educator with patients, that's, that's almost like the thing you're trying to avoid the most. They get the message. So you're saying it's all in my head. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think validation could be a really critical way to try and avoid that yeah yeah great um i i often when i'm working with new new physios or people trying to improve their skills in in pain education uh, one phrasing that i see a lot that i'm just realizing now is very invalidating for many patients are phrases like i can see this pain is real for you 
because what they think they hear is it's not real for me. And that trick of just leave the for you off it. Mm. I, I do wonder if that, yeah, if, if by saying, oh, I, this is horrible for you or this is really painful for you or um, you got to be careful that you're not implying that but no one else has taken this seriously. So I think that's one of the problems with having, I guess, a bit of a, I guess, a scripty thing is that right. it's not in response. It's a script. So depending on what has, I guess, come across from that individual, it might be validating, but it also could be invalidating. And so it's adapting and being reflexive to the person in front of you and what they've expressed to you. Love it. Really so good. in a way, it's a mindset. Right. I don't know if anyone talks about that sort of phrase, but um, as clinicians and as parents and as partners and people in relationships all over the place, maybe we would all benefit from us all establishing a validation mindset. Yeah, you know they definitely. talk about growth mindsets and stuff, but a validation mindset, uh, which may just be loving each other. I'm not quite sure. Well, it's interesting because I, I feel like I see opportunities or missed opportunities all over the place now in in interactions either with myself or with other people and I observe it from the outside and I think oh this is going to uh, cut them up right. and you see the behavior in response and it's it's really interesting but like for me a classic one is I have a bit of a fear of snakes right which um, is probably a healthy fear maybe but also it may be on the spectrum of unhealthy I don't I don't know that's right. my personal opinion but you don't jump in the air when you see a cucumber like cats do no. No, there you go. Anyway, sorry, tell us about snakes. <laughs> but certainly, so as an example, um, Mike, my husband, he doesn't have the same fear of snakes. And I think sometimes he thinks I'm being overly dramatic, mm -hmm. but I can feel in myself when I say, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And he says, oh, it'll be fine. I go, ah, and I can feel myself, ah, and my own experiment. And I, <laughs> so I see it in all of that and I, I kind of laugh at it and I can see what's happening. Um, we joke about that, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I love an experiment in myself or something like that. Uh, Mark Jensen once said to me, uh, I can't remember how he got onto it, but he said he he never tells uh, the important person in his life not to worry. Yeah. I never say don't worry. I often say I'm not worried about this enough. That's yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for chatting about validation. That's all right. Uh, I feel like it could keep going on forever. It, it could. <laughs> and when, um, maybe, I'm sorry I didn't give you any warning of this, but you were fantastic. So um, thanks for coming. And nice let's let's um, let's reconvene at some stage and talk about uh, how do we talk to kids about pain and how do we use book reading and things like that because you're doing excellent work there as well. Anyway, ciao for now. Thanks.